0: Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. just wanted to say, if we could just keep praying right now, just right now, you think about Mary in the Bible, when she's just at the feet of Jesus, you know, right now the Spirit of the Lord is in here. If we could just pray, just raise your hands however you want. You could be sitting down, if it's anything, just call out in the name of the Lord, Jesus, Lord. I love you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So many times, a rush so many times the Lord is moving and just wants us just to focus on him when he's here just wants us to think about him and talk to him that relationship Lord oh, Jesus the Lord! Praise the Lord! Let's give a hand clap of praise to the Lord! Amen. It's good to be in the house. Thank you guys. That was amazing. We have a video we're gonna play, but as we get it ready and everything, um, before we play it. So we have CLC. They're here. Right. We've been expecting you guys. We've been ready, and it's just been really exciting to have you guys here. Uh, we had last time we had CLC was two years ago, and. You know, raise your hand if you've been impacted, if CLC has changed your life in some way. You guys, I want you guys to look around. You know, a lot of people here have been impacted by CLC, whether it's the students, the staff, uh, the church itself, the, co- the the church that was connected to the college at one point. And it's just an honor to have you guys here. You know, you guys know that I love you guys. You guys are my brothers. Uh, Kelvin was my was my neighbor at the dorms, so... So yeah, so it's really good to have you guys here in Washington State. Garrett's all the way from Arkansas. And uh, so we're going to be playing this video. The Bible College does so much for the students. It changes their lives. These guys have been going recruiting, preaching at churches. They've been, you know, they just got back from the, was it the west side of the Washington State in the heat, and some churches don't have AC. You know, they don't prep for those things. You guys may be seated. They don't have AC. They don't have any of those things, so these guys were having to call up hotels if they didn't have a place to stay, and, and ask, hey, you guys have AC? And when he came over here, he was asking me this, Andre was, and uh, I was like, when you're over here on this side, brother, this is the, this is the better side, right? Yeah. And you don't have to ask for AC, you don't have to do any of that. So I was like, anywhere you go here, guarantee we got AC. And we brought, we brought them all to the church last night, we were hanging out, we were fellowshipping, it was great, and it was AC'd in here, so this AC unit is amazing. We just, it's, it, this church is blessed, amen? amen. Lord is good. And uh, so we're going to be playing this, and I just want to know, I want to let you all know we're going to open this up for a love offering up here, up in the front, and at any point that you want to come, come forward and give an offering to the students, uh, checks are payable to Christian Life College, is that correct? and if you have a check, and then cash. And so this is going directly to these guys. It helps fund them on the tour to recruit, to bring more people to CLC. And you know, I'm a product of this school. So if it wasn't for this school in the four years that I went there, it, I don't think I'd, I definitely wouldn't be who I am today. I've learned so much in the ministry, how to minister to people, how to talk to people, the books, the, the just one-on-ones with the professors, the instructors. And my favorite part is just connecting with the students. So if we get the, can I get uh, Isaac, can I get you to dim the lights for us? Amen. All right, so anytime if you guys we will pray real quick, just uh, bless the offering real quick, I guess. Lord God, thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing the students to be here, God, Lord. Thank you for everyone that's here in attendance, Lord God. And I know that you're going to pour out a blessing, God, on us today, Lord. And I pray a bigger blessing, God, on these CLC students, God, for the commitment, Lord, that they have made the sacrifice to go on this summer tour, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: And every time you fall and stumble, every time you... college isn't for me the ministry isn't for me every time you feel so weak and weary but there's a God living in here and he doesn't give up on me he doesn't give up on you And I don't know what God's about to do in this place, but I can't shake the burden that I'm feeling for someone who's here. If you only knew the greatness, if you only knew the story that God wants to write about your life in ministry, you wouldn't quit now. You wouldn't give up now. You wouldn't throw in the towel. if you only knew, do. God doesn't make mistakes. I will be everything that He called me to be.
0: Hey Amen. That man that was speaking there is the dean of the college, and he uh, he just has a heart for God. And, oh, Isaac, you hit the lights for me, brother? <laughs> or the track lights? And, you know, but every time he speaks to us, he really just, he ministers to, this, to the student body at CLC. And this college is a place for people that, sometimes people come there, if, they're, if they go there looking for the wrong thing, God sets them straight. And if they go for the right thing, God sets them and just blesses them. There's people that are graduating, and they're gonna be missionaries, I believe to Bangladesh. Some are going to be taking over churches, pastoring. They're going to be plugged into youth groups. They're going to be doing. I'm I'm doing the outreach here, so it's just it really empowers all of us. And uh, and I have the honor of welcoming up one of my friends, Garrett Thomas, and he's going to be speaking to us today. And uh, I'm just really excited for him. He's an awesome awesome man of God and a really genuine genuine friend of mine and uh he invited me to arkansas was able to make it but we got to hang out here so just uh, let's give a warm welcome to him praise the lord amen
1: amen amen. it's great to be here with each and every single one of you praise the lord um i want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Knowles, how many of you are thankful for your, your leadership and your pastors? Can you give them a hand? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for good leadership. And I want to give honor to, to my buddy, Grant. He's a, he's a great guy. ain't Grant a, a great guy. He's a great guy if you haven't got to me. Um, have, in times, in prayer, when you're talking to the Lord, there can just be some times when the Lord impresses you and sometimes you just can't seem to shake what God's trying to put in your heart. And that's how I am today. I felt such a direct and specific word for this church. And I really and I truly believe in my spirit today that the Lord's going to allow faith and direction to, to, to come today. So you can remain seated because I'm going to be going through some scriptures. But if, if you want to go with me to Matthew chapter 13 and I'll go ahead and start reading verse 24 another parable put he forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field but while men slept his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way verse 26 but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit then appeared the tares also so the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then, what, then that we go and gather them up? Verse 29, But he said, Nay, lest we ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both... Grow together until the harvest, and in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together, first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Amen. I want to preach on a, on a title, Affecting an Unchangeable Thing. Can we do it? Can, can, can you do me a favor? Can we lift our hands right now? And can we pray unto the Lord real quick? Just pray. Let's pray over our minds. Let's pray over our hearts. And let's pray for the word. God, I pray over this word right now. Lord, you are so specific on what you speak something. Lord, you are intentional on when you say something. And so I pray this evening that, God, as you know, every single man and woman and young person in this building, God, you have ordained your word, you have put your word together, and I pray that it will take root amongst these people today. And let your word go forth and let it begin to change the hearts and the minds of individuals in this house. And for that, we will give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give a hand clap unto the Lord? Amen. Amen. There was a story one time in the late 1980s in San Francisco, California. We're not too far from there. We're in Stockton, so we're about an hour and a half away. But in the late 1980s, there was an event that took place. It was a a critical event. It was in 1989, in October. It was... It was an earthquake. It was called Loma Prieta. And it was registered to be a 6.9. It, it shook Oakland, and it shook San Francisco. And it completely changed. And there was a specific thing that happened. There was a bridge that was in San Francisco. It was wh- what you call a double-decker bridge. It was on top of each other. Some of you, I'm sure, know this story. And once that earthquake hit, it took down that bridge and it killed 60 people, and it injured about 1,000 or a little more. And people in that society begin to question, and they begin to kind of get mad at the officials in the city, and they say, hey, why is is this happening? And they begin to ask questions, and, and they said, did the officials know this bridge could not handle this earthquake? Did they know that it could not handle this earthquake? And they begin to ask, and they begin to question, And sure enough, the officials weren't for sure if it can handle the earthquake. You see, church, the earthquake was something you cannot prevent. But what they could have prevented is people going on that bridge. What they could have prevented is allowing people to go on that bridge, and it would have spared their lives. It would have spared injuries. And I'm here to tell you today, You cannot stop hell and eternity from coming your way. But you can sure stop people from going. You can sure stop people from going to a place that you can't stop. And so in this right here, in Matthew 13, 24, Jesus is talking in a parable. A parable is the type of teaching that he would, would speak to people so they understand. So if you're talking to someone about maybe a job or a profession, they're going to talk to you. It's like they're talking to you on a job to minister to you in a spiritual aspect. That's what, that's what a parable is. It would hold a realistic, physical story, but it would be a spiritual application. And so Jesus is talking to them in verse 24, and he says, Another parable put he forth... Unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Verse 25, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. In this right here, Jesus is doing a parable of the tares and the wheat. Tares and wheat. Wheat is something, obviously, you all are familiar with agriculture. You, you, you can grow wheat, and obviously wheat is how you make bread. Well, tares are weeds. Tares are things that will stunt or stop the growth of wheat. And so Jesus is making this example and saying that tares, he's saying, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. So there's a, there's a farmer and with his servants, and he's saying that they had a farm and they had wheat, and they all fell asleep, And while they were asleep, the enemy came and put tares where the wheats were supposed to be, and they couldn't tell which was which. And I'm here to tell you today, church, if we're not careful, if we find ourselves asleep and slouching, if we find ourselves being pleased, I'm thankful to have the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful to be baptized in Jesus' name. But I'm here to tell you something. I never want to catch myself falling asleep to where I just let myself come in here, sit on a pew, and not be considerate, and let the enemy take what God means for his kingdom. Amen. Verse 26, But the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So what would happen is, is the farmer would take the blade and, he would, and he, would, he would gather that wheat together. And once, you see, with tares and with wheat, you don't know what's a tare and what's wheat until you, until you get it up, until, it's, until you pick them up, until you collect them. And so what Jesus, the example he's making with this farmer is that, when, but when the blade was sprung up, when the farmer collected the, braid, the, the blade, he began to bring forth the fruit, but then he saw the tares. And in verse 27 it says, So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not not sow good seed in the field from whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go up and gather them? But he said, Nay, lest we gather up the tares, you root up the wheat also. And I want to emphasize verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and buy them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The householder is Jesus. The reapers are the angels, and we are the servants. In verse 30, it says, Let both grow together until the harvest. The harvest is... Is the last day. It's when God calls his church. It's the rapture. And we will see that in the, next, in the next portion of scripture. And in the time of harvest. I will say to the reapers. Gather ye together. First the tares. And bind them in bundles to burn them. Tares are out there church. Let me tell you something. Once this life is over with. There is a heaven and there is a hell awaiting every single person. It's not a respecter of man. It's not a respecter of household. It's not a respecter of race, color, country. We will all face Jesus Christ one day. You, the person sitting next to you, me, pastor, every single one of us. Will one day see Jesus. And either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And there are people out there, they are the tares. I feel a burden, church. And the household said to the reapers, Bind them up and burn them. They're lost. They're going to hell. Does that not affect you? Does that not mess with you, church? Does that not bother you? We're the wheat. We're the people who's going. I'm going, so? Why do I need to do that? God forbid we ever get so arrogant. God forbid we ever get so comfortable. There are tears. Out in that harvest and in that field. It's coming soon. The coming of the Lord is soon. No one can convince me that what's going on in this world isn't a prerequisite of God coming soon. He's coming soon, church. Hell is real. Hell is a real place. In verse 36 through 39, it explains the role of what each is, the harvest, the tares, the wheat, as I explained already, so I won't go through that. And it says in the same in verse 41 of Matthew 13, the Son of Man shall send forth His angels, and they shall gather out of His kingdom, All the things that offend. And then which do iniquity. Verse 42. And shall cast them. Into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing. And gnashing of teeth. Hell is real church. I can't stop it. Pastor can't stop it. And you can't stop it from coming. Eternity is going to be on the footstep one day, whether we pass before the rapture or whether you find yourself meeting at the rapture. Every single one of us is going to face the rapture. But I'm here to tell you something. Just as that story that I mentioned that happened in San Francisco with the bridge They got mad because they could have stopped it. They couldn't stop the earthquake from coming. But what they could have prevented was the deaths. They could have prevented the very thing that happened which was caused by the unchangeable thing. We can't stop hell from coming. But you can prevent people from going. You can prevent someone from going. You can prevent a tear from being wrapped up and bound up, and being thrown into the fire. I don't think sometimes. Sometimes I don't understand. Hell doesn't stop. It's not a timeout. It's not temporary. It's forever. Hell is eternity. Gnashing of teeth and wailing. We can't even comprehend, Church, in our finite mind, what hell's gonna be like. I don't want to go to hell, and that's why I talk to God, and I make sure my life is right, and I repent, and I get right before God, because I don't want to go to hell. But there's people out there that don't have what you and me have. There's people right now, they don't even have a hope. They don't have a way. And we get so comfortable. We get so normalized with what we have. I get so normalized waking up on a Sunday Waking up on a midweek or waking up on a Sunday. I come in here and I'm thankful. But I don't do what God asked me to do. I don't reach for the tears. Wow. Wow. But we can affect the unchangeable thing. Yeah. John 10.10. 10, it says that the thief come but to steal and destroy, but I have come that ye have life, and life more abundantly, let me tell you something church, this is when I can begin to rejoice, this is when I can begin to get thankful, because you know what, what the devil has to say, God has an answer, you're the answer church, you're God's answer. When the devil tries to steal, when he tries to destroy, when he tries to set this world, and maybe even people in this church or what I don't know. He tries to set you on a course to make you think that you're going to find yourself in destruction. But you're the answer. Holy Ghost filled, apostolics, Jesus name bearers, Jesus name water, baptized and saved. You are the answer, church. You're the effect that will stop and impact the unchangeable thing. Matthew ten in verse thirty five. Why are you turning there? I don't know if some of you know who Brother Bounds is. Brother Aaron Bounds, he's he's in Ohio, he's a great minister. A great, great minister. He said a story one time in one of his sermons about his grandpa and his grandma. His grandpa was a drunkard. Didn't really live for the Lord. His grandma was faithful. She loved the Lord with all of her might. She loved the Lord very much. But one day his grandpa died of a heart attack. And sure enough, Brother Ballin said, okay, well, I'm going to go to the hospital and I'm going to meet him there before he dies. And so sure enough, he was there and he died. He wasn't serving the Lord, wasn't living for the Lord. And then they were were there and then as he died, his grandma threw a napkin up in the air and caught it and said, but God, you promised me. You promised me you would save him before you took him. And right as she did that, he woke up. The doctors read it. We don't know what happened, but your husband, your grandpa, he's alive now, but we don't understand. And the next thing you know, the grandpa begins to come in, and he says, it's real. Hell is real. I saw it with my eyes. The death angel began to escort me, and I begin to realize I was going to Hell. He said, I begin to go, but the next thing I know, I realize that death angel turned me around and began to move me around. He began to put me back, and next thing you know, they took me back, and that's when I woke up. You can't tell me hell's not real. You can't tell me hell don't exist. And then following that, the grandpa in the hospital ended up getting baptized in Jesus' name. And you ended up getting the Holy Ghost. But hell is real, church. You can't stop it and I can't stop it. But what we can is we can prevent those from going. You are God's answer to the demonic forces that's trying to take this world and captivate this world. You, 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 from the left to the right. You are the answer. But it's up to you. If you're going to do it. And so in Matthew 10 and 35. This is the answer. It's the Galilean circuit. The Galilean circuit is Jesus traveling around the area or the county of Galilee. And he was ministering. And so he finds himself coming around into Galilee. And it says in verse 35, And Jesus went about the circuit and villages, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease amongst the people. Let me tell you something. The Lord, I believe, I know, is going to use this church as an evidence and a proof of his power to those which are out there who don't know God and who aren't saved. He's going to use you, and He's going to guide you and direct you into you going out and sparing and reaching for those tears. Because that's what Jesus did. How many want to be like Jesus? Verse 36. But when He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion. Church, It's going to take you getting compassion for the lost. It's going to take you getting compassion. How many of you can attest when you were in your sin? Whenever we were in our sin and Jesus met you at the threshold of your sin. Because he had compassion on you. He didn't care where you were. He didn't care where you were from. But he had compassion. And God, I pray that you always give me compassion. Don't let me see people the way that man sees them. But God, let me see them the way you see them. Let me see the lost like you see the lost. I remember I was in, I had just switched to a new school. It was a huge school. I came from a really small school. And I was in history class and there was a girl, her name was Julia Bittner. I sat beside her, and she was an atheist. She was a Satanist. And I remember sitting beside her, and I remember I was new to the school, so I didn't really know too many people anyways. But there was this girl. She was sitting by, she was sitting by me, and next thing you know, she started bringing up what I believed in. And I started telling her, and then she said, oh, why? I, I believe in Satan. That'll throw you off. She said it, and then she, started, and then she showed me her arm. Her arm was tore up because she was cutting herself. She showed me her arm. And she began to show me this music that she would listen to. She told me it was. Satanist. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I was in eighth grade, but I looked back. No! She told me, I want to go to hell. No, you don't! I want to go to hell. No, you don't want to go to hell. And I regret not talking to that girl. I was too too foolish to try and reach out to her. And I let her go, because I just blew it off. I pray over each and every single one of you I don't know where you're at today, but if you don't hear anything else, I pray to God. You're not able to walk away when God touches your heart. I pray to God. If you're in front of a lost person, whenever you try to walk away, it's like God is pulling you back. You're going to have to fight God. I pray you go to bed and God gives you dreams at night that shakes you and wakes you up. I pray to God that some of you walk out of this place understanding and realizing, i got to have compassion over them. There's been too many times I've been at gas stations. There's been too many times I've been at restaurants and I've felt such a tug but I was too prideful to say anything because I was embarrassed. I was too embarrassed. I was too embarrassed to save that person. What if that was you? What if the roles switched? What if you were that person you don't want to talk to what if you were that person that they went away and they have the truth? Will you still do it? Are you too scared? Are you too embarrassed to tell that school friend of yours? Are you, are you too embarrassed to tell that co-worker of yours? God saved you. Why can't you tell them? Why can't we tell them? was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. You know what God doesn't like? Whenever you know something and you ignore it. Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw they were fainting. I have stared church, right people in the eyes that I knew was not on the course of where they were supposed to be. I stared at them. I talked about every which other thing. I talked about what my life was like. We talked about cars, whatever. But no, I didn't talk about God. No, I didn't talk about salvation because I was too embarrassed. Oh, I don't have time. Maybe I can tell them some other time. Church, what if there's not another time? You're not promised any second, church. We are not promised any day. We are not promised any minute. We're not promised any time. And I pray to God he reminds us of that. I've heard too many stories of people, of ministers, that someone backslid. And they said, Come back to church. It's okay. I will. And the next day they died. They were never able to repent. And that's between them and God. God's a righteous judge. I'm not God. But they took for granted what they were supposed to do. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as having sheep With no shepherd. Thus he saith unto the disciples. The harvest truly is plenteous. But the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. That he will send forth labors. into Into this harvest. God is looking for some men and women. To be the method, to be the very thing that God has set up because He has filled you with the Spirit. He has water baptized you and He has set you up and He's trying to send you out because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. You are God's method to the solution of what the enemy's trying to do. In these last days, the devil has a crutch on this world. He has a crutch on this world. He's grasping this world, but you're the answer. We're the solution. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. By the end of tonight, God's going to find some of you. Some of you walked in here. You have lost family. You have lost siblings. You have lost relatives. And the Lord has been talking to you lately. And he's been trying to nudge you. And he has brought you in here to notify you of his word that it's a confirmation. And that the lost is necessary. You want to know why the lost is a big deal? Because it's a big deal to Jesus. Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, you will minister to those people outside of those doors. You're going to get a burden for them. I pray some of you will get such a burden that you have never had before for the lost. I pray some of you get enclosed into a place where you're talking with God, saying, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a laborer for your kingdom. The devil has a crutch on this world, and he's looking for someone to say no. You can't have them, devil. They're gods, they're meant for gods. He's just looking for someone to say they belong to the kingdom, they belong to Jesus. Every single one of you belong to Jesus. He desires you. He longs for you. And as, as you were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, you became one of His, but He set you on a commission to reach the lost and reach the world because you are the effective, you are the impact, the unchangeable thing. I wonder if we could stand right now. I'm, I'm done. I wonder right now, I want us to do something. If you have a lost family member, or you have a lost relative, sibling, or a friend in this place, will you please lift your hand right now? Church, look around. Look around. Look around. Let me propose to you a question. Do you care about them? Do you care about them? Are we going to allow our finite mind to think on the things of this world, or are you going to look to eternity and say, no, devil, this one's not yours. Devil, you can't have this one. He's looking for laborers, church. I wonder right now if you could lift your hands and if you could begin to pray like you have never prayed before. God is going to exhibit faith and release faith right now because you are his answer. You are his solution to reaching the lost. Come on church, I wonder right now if you could picture that person in your mind. Picture that person in your brain and if you can begin as you have your hands lifted to come to this altar and if you can begin to lift them up to Jesus, he's not wishing that anyone should perish but that all come to repentance. Come on church, it's not fair to your friend, it's not fair to your family member for you to let them go when you know this truth. God, I pray you put people in intercession for those which are unknown, for those, God, which are in a place, God, where they are on their way to an eternal damnation. God, you love every person, and God, I pray that I can be a person and a laborer for those which are lost. Come on, church. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you want to reach for them. Your prayers are going to them right now. God is taking your prayers, and he's going to their house. God, I pray you wake up every backslider, every prodigal, God. I pray you wake them up. God, give them dreams. Don't let them sleep at night, God. God, I pray for saints here, that, Lord, you will strengthen them. God, give them faith. God, equip them. Let them know, God, the power that's within them is power, God, that they can reach the lost. For you shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come on, church. Can you turn out for the lost? you travail for the lost church can you get broken for the lost can you call out to God I want every person to call out the name of that person right now the person that's on your mind the other way to hell but you have the answer <laughs> God save these save them Lord. Have mercy on their heart, God. God set a burden on this church. Church, God's equipping you. You are the answer. <laughs> Come on, church. If you have the Holy Ghost, we begin to travail. We begin to prevail in tongues right now. When you begin to move in tongues, that's a perfect prayer. That's God praying through you. Come on. Is it a dad? Is it a brother? Is it a cousin? It's not worth let him go to hell. Come on, church. We can keep on going come on church why don't you pray a little more why don't you give god everything right now ah, you sold no god i thank you for saving me but god i want other reach people i want to reach other people jesus i don't want anyone to go to hell god In charge, it's your decision. How much would you want somebody to pray for you if you were lost? How much would you want someone to cry out to God for you? How much would you want someone to reach for you? God, I pray a prayer right now over these people, Jesus. I pray over your people right now, God, that you will wake them up. God, that you will equip them and set them. God, give them such a burden that it weighs down on them. Don't let them go to gas stations. Don't let them go to restaurants. Don't let them go anywhere. God, without giving them a burden, a sensitivity for souls. God, give them a sensitivity. God, give them a love for souls. Give them compassion, every color, every tongue. God, you don't respect man. You don't have any respect, God, but yet you love every single person. God, let this church, let your body see the lost the way that you see the lost. Ah, God, thank you for your mercy. Precious gift, God, please let me freely give it to someone else. Come on, church. Do you have a burden for them? Can you cry for them? Can you think of them in your mind right now? What if you were the answer? I want us to do something right now. I'm about to get off this stage. I wish that every person in this place right now would just lift your hands to God. And we are all going to congregationally talk to God. And what's going to happen, I feel this very strong in my spirit. God is going to begin to set individual agendas for each of you. Because God's going to prepare you and set you up for what he has for you. And he's going to give you specific instruction and specific orders. But it's going to be up to you. But let me tell you something. What the reward of the outcome is going to be is what the devil meant for evil. God's going to turn it for good. And God, through you, is going to reach someone. And so I want every hand in this building. Every hand in this building. God's going to continue to move for to here. I want all of us to pray right now with bold and urgency. Don't care about the person next to you. Don't care about the person in front of you. I want you to pray. I want you to talk to God like you have never talked to God before. Come on, church. So in the name of Jesus, come on. Let me hear your voice, church. Let Jesus hear your voice right now. Cry out to God. You are a We sing God, I pray if you can use anything, <laughs> you can use me. God, I pray, Lord, God, that you use me for the people, Lord, that are lost, for the veil that is over their eyes, for the lost. God, use every person that has their hand lifted right now, that is surrendering to you, that is giving it unto you, and God, use them to reach their family. Use them. To bring home a prodigal. Use them, God, to reach a family member and a friend. You're more than able to do it, Jesus. You're more than able to do it, God, and I want to be a willing vessel for you. I want to be a willing vessel for you, Jesus.